Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 46, Something is Wrong. Welcome back to the Awareness Offerings pod, y'all. Happy to be here today and always. If you would like to support what's going on here, the best ways to do so are by rating, subscribing, and or leaving a review on whatever platform you are currently using to listen. And if you feel called to help, uh, or excuse me, if you, feel, if you feel called to share about the pod, whether on social or by word of mouth, all of those actions I just listed help other people find this show. So thank you and thanks for being here. Let's get here. Let's get into our our practice. We'll start with our opening practice of singing the sound of Om one time. Om is the sound of consciousness, the universal fundamental energy of consciousness and awareness. And we just ask for those things to be the basis of the discussion and the practice that we do here today. That's what we do when we sing Om. And you can sing Om out loud or you can just do this practice by listening. So I'll invite us to take a breath in. Excuse me, first, if you're coming along with this, you might uh, get your body into a comfortable position. And then you might choose to close your eyes or just take a soft gaze, looking down the tip of your nose or toward the floor, just softening your external awareness, prioritizing your internal awareness. And now you might take a breath in through your nose if nostril breath is possible for you today. And a breath out through your nose, just clearing some space. And let's inhale for one sound of om. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now we'll go into this week's discussion. Something is wrong. That is the narrative, the idea, the story, the thought, the energy that I've been working with in some of my spiritual practice lately. I have discovered that I walk around with a pervasive feeling, or have been walking around at least, with a pervasive feeling that something is wrong. And sometimes that manifests as anxiety, uneasiness, this feeling like, you know, in the moment something is, is not right or unsafe. And sometimes it manifests as unworthiness, an internalized feeling that something is wrong with me. And I've really done some self-inquiry, some self-study, guided by the support of some of my amazing teachers to discover that, to discover that I am have been holding this belief and, and really living out this story that something is wrong. And so I've been working with that belief to, to see it, to understand it, and then hopefully to release it in some of my, my spiritual work. And it was 
in kind of a deep meditative space that I was in this past weekend that I really got some insight as to what that belief is and, and what I feel I'm being taught to do with it. So the insight that came was the teaching that came, uh, really, because when I, when I receive you know, wisdom that feels like it's not just coming from my own mind, I receive it as teaching you know, from something bigger than me. And the teaching that came was, of course, you feel like something's wrong. Something is wrong, but it's not you. <laughs> you are not the problem. Look around. The world is burning. There are parts of our, our social structure that feel like they are decaying at best, you know, collapsing at worst. We are living under systems that were created by you know, people with power a long time ago and are perpetuated with people, by people with power now that, that, uh, that marginalize others based on race, class, gender, sexual identity, etc. The world is fucked up, for lack of a better word. So the insight that came in this in the midst of the spiritual practice and spiritual inquiry that I was doing was of course you feel like something's wrong because something is wrong. It's not you though. It's the world. And that awareness was accompanied also by a sense of, of love, even a sense of bliss and a sense of deep compassion as I really touched into the reality that I and so many and, and the world and our society have really been suffering, especially in the last few years, although it's not limited to that, but it's gotten so much more acute. We've been suffering and we've been going through so much. And I was struck by a sense of, of compassion, of empathy, and of deep love for all that we're doing and all that we're trying to do in the midst of, of a world on fire, essentially. And so this insight that, yes, something is wrong, it's not you, though, came with a, accompanied by a sense of love, a sense of bliss. And I was struck also by the insight that the ultimate reality is love and bliss, which I've been taught on the spiritual path um, the path of yoga, especially, which is what I study, um, that love is the ultimate reality. We're always asking to be taken from the unreal to the real, to journey, to transform from the unreal to the real with the understanding that the real is love, that love is the most powerful energy in the universe. Um, that's what many of my teachers say. And so I've known that. I've known that love is the ultimate reality. But in this deep spiritual work that I've been doing around something is wrong, I felt it embodied, an embodied, deep knowing and understanding that love and bliss are the ultimate reality. And coupled with that compassion for all of the real acute suffering in the world and in our society, I became really clear that like the task is to get as many people to that reality before I die, before I drop this body. And I don't say, you know, love and bliss are the ultimate reality with this, you know, with rose colored glasses on, blind to 
what's going on to the fact that love and bliss are more and less accessible for certain kinds of people under these systems in the way that we've built the world, a world that marginalizes people based on the size of their body, the color of their skin, um, and, and many, many other factors. I know that it's more complicated and layered for, for different people to access the reality of love and bliss. But I felt so clear that in realizing something is wrong, it's not me, it's the state of the world, that the task is to remember in myself and experience in my own internal world that the ultimate reality is our love and bliss and get as many people to those realities as possible before I die. <laughs> and that really feels like the work of, of compassion, embodied compassion, and that really is my task in this lifetime. And I, again, I've known that. Um, I was named, I received a spiritual name from my spiritual teacher, Swami Jayadevi, and my lineage of yoga and spirituality founded by Majaya Satibhagavati. Um, they named me Tara Devi. And Tara is the Tibetan Buddhist goddess of compassion, the bodhisattva or enlightened being who represents the energy of compassion. And Devi just means goddess. So I was named for the goddess Tara. I was named for the sacred energetic embodiment of compassion. So I've known <laughs> that my task uh, is, is embodied compassion. But again, in intentionally looking at what I've been carrying, what I've been you know, living with, not even consciously sometimes, this belief that something is wrong, in doing that intentional work, I, it has become embodied for me that yes, compassion is, is my task. And... It's so easy, you know, the, the compassion has to start with myself as I think about offering it to as many people as possible before we all die so that we can all remember the realities of love and bliss. Very casual, no big deal. Um, but as I think about that task and that path, I'm just so aware that uh, the compassion really does have to start for myself. And that is where this journey of discovery around something is wrong started because I became aware that I was carrying this story and that it was weighing really heavily on me and that I no longer wanted to carry it. And in doing the work to see it, to understand it, um, and to ultimately release it, I became aware of the nature of this belief that it is me internalizing the state of the world, feeling and experiencing an immensely painful, violent world of suffering and internalizing the, the imbalance, the clear, unsettling imbalance going on in the world, internalizing that, feeling that something is wrong as, oh, something must be wrong with me. And I can see that as I work to have compassion for myself and lovingly release that narrative. I can see how I've internalized that. And through that lens of compassion, I can see how easy it is to internalize the pain of the world, the, the, just the feeling that something isn't right around us, and internalize it and take it on as, well, something then must be wrong inside me, inside us. Something must be wrong with me. And so compassionately, I've committed to releasing that internalization of the belief and, and shifting from that microcosm of myself into the macrocosm of the collective. And that kind of does multiple things at once, right? It helps me shift the belief of something's wrong with me into, no, I'm just aware that something's wrong in the world that we're living in. By the way, my cat is having a snack, so you might hear him munching in the background. 
But the second thing that that micro to macro shift does is it helps fuel that compassion. It helps me get outside of myself and see through a broader lens the, the suffering of humanity and the reality that we all deserve love and bliss. It helps me to, to have a more collective focus when I really commit to that lens of compassion. So I share all of this with you to, one, just to, to, to bring you with me in a process I've been in. I know it might be a little vague as I talk about the deep spiritual work I've been doing, and that's intentional. I'm still processing some of it and deciding what feels best to share, but know that it's been deep spiritual work. Um, and I, I want to bring you along in sharing that very recently I have have made this shift of, you know, it's not that something's wrong with me. It's that something's wrong in the way that we have created the systems that run our world. And through embodied compassion and a deep awareness of the different intersections of, of suffering in the world, we will remember for ourselves that love and bliss are actually the ultimate reality. And we will try to get as many people there before we die as possible. <laughs> Again, just no big deal. Super casual stuff. But I, I feel aware of the fact that it might be easy to think that, you know, this idea that something's wrong and this idea of love and bliss, even though I experience them alongside each other in my own internal work, that maybe they're not that connected, that they're, they might be kind of different from each other. But I really do believe that they are quite connected because we have created systems especially in the United States where I live, we have, you know, based in, in white supremacy and capitalism and patriarchy and other delusions, right? I feel very strongly that it's clear that these are delusions. They are not based in reality. So we've created these systems based on these different types of power structures that are not oriented to prioritize love and bliss, the actual ultimate reality. We've turned away from the ultimate reality of love and bliss, which is deeply connected to equity and care for all people, and instead have held up these delusions like white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalism as reality. So I believe prioritizing love and bliss as the ultimate reality are deeply connected to the, the wrongness, the imbalance in our world, because the imbalance might ultimately come from the fact that we have not oriented our way of being toward the ultimate reality of love and bliss. So I share all of this not just to bring you along in my process, the deep and wild spiritual work that I've been up to, uh, but also to affirm that if you walk around feeling unsettled, anxious, unworthy, which so many of us do, it is common, it is natural, and it is easy. But if you walk around feeling that way, like something is wrong, with the, through the, the expansive lens of embodied compassion, expand your view to remember that it's not that something's wrong with you, it's that something's wrong in the world, and it is your compassion, your love, and your bliss that will help bring us back into balance, into healing, into love. And as I, as I offered that intention of expanding the lens through compassion, I am remembering how expansive compassion is by nature. The goddess Tara, whom I'm named after, is not only the goddess of compassion, but she's also known as the goddess of the night sky. 
Tara means star. So compassion is inherently linked to the unimaginable, unknowable expansiveness, the infinite expansiveness of space, of the sky itself. So the work is to not internalize, but to expand, to remember the collective, to remember compassion so that as many people as possible can experience the reality of love and bliss in a world that really would love to see us not experience those realities. So I'll invite us now to go into some practice, to give ourselves the compassionate space to experience and embody love, bliss, compassion in the micro, right? In the, on the individual level so that we can then take it out into our way of being, our interactions, our relationships, and ask for that to ripple out um, so that we can have an effect on prioritizing the ultimate realities of love and bliss in this world. So this is the moment in the Awareness Offerings podcast where we make a shift from discussion into meditation. We sit for contemplative meditative practice. So if you are not in a position to be doing that right this moment, maybe you're showering or washing dishes or driving. I do many of those things while listening to podcasts. That's why I list them. But maybe you take a pause and you come back when you're ready. If you're ready now, I'll invite you to find a comfortable seat. A comfortable seat meaning any seat at all where you can find length in your spine, the central channel of your body, making some compassionate space there. And truly, you can sit however you need to to do that, whether that's on the floor, cross-legged in the classical position of the meditator, or in a chair or on your bed, legs crossed or not, back against the wall with you know support under your hips or knees, anything goes. We start to create that compassionate space by embodying it in the way that we sit and arrive for meditation. And as you arrive and find your seat, you might really settle into it by choosing to close your eyes. Or you could just take a soft gaze, looking down the tip of your nose or at the floor. And as we settle and center, you might center by starting to practice breath awareness here. Nothing you need to do to change your breath. You just begin to observe the process, noticing that you're breathing in as you inhale. Cool air comes in. Noticing that you're breathing out as you exhale. Warm air goes out. Just centering on your breath, though the thoughts might be present as well. No need to force them away. Compassion and force are the opposite of each other. You just observe them just like you would observe the breath and allow them to move in and move out just like the inhales and exhales move out. And you return to the awareness of your breath to recenter as many times as you need to.
from this place, we'll move into some pranayama, some breath work. So now we will intentionally change the breath, though you can choose not to anytime. If you're coming along for this one, I'll invite you to fold your left hand on top of the center of your chest, right hand on top of your left. Take a gentle cupping motion in your hands. This is a heart holding mudra or yoga pose we do with the hands. We're going to move into a fire breath, Kapalabhati. And the idea, it's a belly pumping breath. The belly is energetically associated with the element of fire. And the idea is if we ignite the fire in the belly, we begin to warm the heart. If the belly is the space where we digest food, the heart is the space where we digest emotion. And we'll use that in our practice. But first, we'll just warm it up with the breath. So it's a strong exhale through the nostrils, not unlike blowing your nose. Like, as you exhale, you squeeze below your belly button to press the air out. The inhale is shorter and it almost takes care of itself. It's a quarter breath. And so this pumping starts to happen as your breath goes in and out. Like, now I will go at a certain pace. You get to choose yours. You can take a half or quarter pace. You can go faster. If there's anything going on with your blood pressure, if it's a heavy flow day, uh, or if this just feels too intense for where you're at right now, you can choose to just take a belly breath, just inhale and feel the natural expansion of your abdomen as the breath comes in and exhale and feel it contract as it goes out. If you're taking fire breath with me, I'll invite you to take a full breath in. Thorough exhale, start to squeeze at your belly, clear out any stale air, clear some space for this breath practice to unfold. Now we'll take a quarter of a breath in, strong belly pumping exhale for breath of fire. Next exhale, keep exhaling. Make it as long as you can without force, squeezing at your lower belly, below your belly button, if possible, to squeeze out the air, any excess tension. And if, and only if it feels okay for you, you might pause here with the breath out. This space of emptiness, not like lacking, but empty, like being clear and open, emptying the container so that in this case, we can hold more compassion, love, bliss, Next inhale, gently let the breath come back. As you exhale, just let your breath return to its own pace. And I'll invite you, if you haven't yet, to feel the light pressure and warmth of your hands on the center of your chest and let that invite you to bring your awareness to the center of your chest. You might imagine your inhales moving in through the center of your chest, back towards your shoulder blades. Exhales moving out from the shoulder blades and through the center of the chest. Just breathing, settling, awareness at the heart here. The center of emotional digestion. The center of that expansive compassion. And so we'll use it here. We will work in the micro in our own individual practice to think about transforming suffering, which there's so much around us, into love, which expands us all. So I'd like you to bring to your mind one form of suffering 
either that you're very aware of or you're very affected by or just the first thing that comes to mind. One form of suffering, but I will invite that it's something in the world, something in the world, either in the, your immediate surroundings, your family, your, your community, or in our broader collective, but something in the world, just bring that suffering to mind. Doesn't matter what, because all work we do with the energy of suffering and kind of using the fires of awareness to transform it to more love, it matters. So as you have that suffering in mind, I'm going to invite you to do something really courageous and know that you are protected by presence and compassion and whatever guides or teachers or deities, whatever form of the sacred you love has got you as you do your sacred spiritual practice. Okay, you're protected. So I'm going to invite you to courageously imagine inhaling that suffering straight into your heart, into the center of your chest, bringing it in, feeling it, touching it, acknowledging it, and then exhale boundless love. Imagining love, the energy of love, however you see it and feel it, radiating out in all directions from the center of your chest. Inhaling that energy of suffering that you're working with straight into the heart, Letting the heart digest and transform as you exhale love out in all directions. Inhaling the suffering that you're working with right into your heart. Exhale it out in all directions. You can even say in your mind, exhaling love or sending love if it helps you. And we'll do that a few times, just digesting suffering to make it love and compassion. Inhaling that suffering in through the center of your chest. Send love out in all directions, radiating love into space from your heart. Let's do it four times. Inhale that suffering into your chest. Exhale, radiate love, radiate compassion. Inhale straight through the center of your chest, bringing the suffering into your field, into your awareness. Exhale, send the love, send the compassion, radiate it out. Inhale, draw that sense of awareness of the suffering into the center of your chest. Exhale, radiate the love. One more time like this. Inhale, Drink, bring in the energy of the suffering that you're working with. Send out the love as you exhale. Now, before we shift to the final piece of this practice we're sharing, we'll take three clearing breaths. Be aware that you are protected and held by whatever you hold as sacred, whether it's a God, a teacher, Mother Nature, a form of energy like kindness, but whatever sacred to you is holding you here. And you're not, just because we're drawing awareness of the suffering in doesn't mean that we're taking it on, that it has to be ours, that we have to hold it or even, you know, figure it out. But even still, just so that we're not carrying that suffering around in a heavy way, three clearing breaths to clear the energy. Let's inhale through the nose. Side out as you exhale. In through the nose. And sigh it out. In through the nose. Big sigh. 
Now let your breath return to its natural state and rest your awareness back at the center of your chest. Really purposefully, I'm going to invite you to drop your hands away from your heart to whatever position is comfortable. But imagine that gesture being one of expansion. Compassion expands the heart, just like it expands our view and our awareness so we don't have to internalize the suffering of the world as something being wrong with us. But it also expands the heart, like the universe is constantly expanding. So you might feel your heart and notice what's there. Might feel a deeper awareness of it. It might feel more open. There's no right or wrong way to feel, but the observing of the feeling is also compassionate and expansive. So for the last few breaths here, I'm just going to invite us into a visual. Remember the last time that you looked at the night sky, at the stars, and were struck by how beautiful the night sky was. Bring that visual into your mind's eye. Maybe it's not even the stars you've seen in person. Maybe it's a photo. But bring your idea of what the gorgeous, expansive night sky is into your mind's eye. And then imagine that at the center of your chest. The inner heart, as expansive as the sky. Compassion moving out in all directions. Just imagining the stars, the light of awareness right at your heart. Heart as wide as the night sky. And just take a few breaths like that. Let's take a breath in from where we are. Release that breath. And notice what you feel at the center of your chest as with compassionate practice, you imagine it as expansive as the night sky. And see if you can hold awareness of that feeling, even as you now begin to blink your eyes open, taking your time, maybe gently moving your body around. As you come back into your external world, from internal meditative practice. But notice how when you remember that you are expansive, you have enough room to be aware of what's going on around you and still aware of what's going on within you as you hold that awareness of the spacious compassion right at the center of your chest that will expand your view and hopefully help to create the space for all beings to experience the ultimate reality of love and bliss. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram.